Encounters. 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 I'm just imagining a prison riot. You and me together leading a riot. Oh, wow. Standing on the cafeteria tables. That is not. I was picturing us in like Riverdale and we were at the tailgate for the football game. We had two different (laughs) visions there. But it brings us both. Either one work and we're here together now. Here we are for another week of Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And uh, I survived my parents meeting Nick's parents and... uh, Any drama llama to share? Oh, so much, but it all has to be offline. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Don't do this to our listeners. I know. No, my parents got along so well with Nick's parents. That was not the issue. Okay. And I had a blast. All right. Well, I will just wait until two hours are (laughs) over when we're done recording to be like... And no, it went really well. It was fun. And Nick and I sang a duet of What's Up by Four Non Blondes. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, I got that video because everyone sent it in the, your, your, what's it, what are we called? Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so tempted to pull, there are a few little clips in it where I'm just like, this is fucking funny <laughs> and i really wanted to post it on our two girls on guest but i didn't want to do it without i'm permission, totally so. fine with you doing that okay well i might make it just like a full-on post and not even a story because <laughs> it's so funny nick like two weeks before our party he comes up to me and it was like so serious he's like i need to talk to you i was like is everything okay and he goes i just have been thinking about it and for our engagement party i really want you to memorize the lyrics to what's up and sing it with me and i was like okay maybe like my family's gonna think i'm weird which admittedly they did but they were also like it was really cute and so then on my own i was like listening to it and we didn't practice it ever then our friends really? matt and joel <laughs> got up there started djing and they put on what's up late it was like 12 15 at night it was great it was amazing. It was so fun. It looked so wonderful. The whole event looked so wonderful. Everyone was having so much fun. I had a blast. I mean, I didn't get to go because I'm... I know, we missed you. ...being on a different coast, but God, I felt like I was there. <laughs> so much dancing. The pizza looked amazing. Oh, it was Everything so good. I was just like, damn, that's a good-ass party. It was fun. I, we missed you. Well, I missed you guys, too, but I supported from afar. And we have so many more celebrations, like New Orleans, when we're going for my bachelorette. Ooh, ooh. ooh. I'm so excited. Um, Speaking of love, we had a lot of love from our listeners. That makes me so happy. Via our P.O. box. Wow. So where do I start? (laughs) There's so many. I feel like you're in a sea of letters. I am. Oh, shit. Hold on. Give me one second. I forgot something. Okay. Okay. What is that? I will start with the package we got from Nicole. A lot of these are Galentines and, and uh, Valentine's Day oh gifts. Oh my God, that's so sweet. So she sent us a Galentine's Day gift and she said, assuming you know who's is whose, stay spooky, Nicole. And I did know who's is whose because she sent me an I believe Bigfoot water bottle <gasps> and she sent you one that has a black cat on it. It says, oh. girls don't like boys, girls like black cats on Halloween. Yes. So good. So good. Oh my God. Okay. What next? <laughs> pam from maine she sent us this wonderful card it says earthlings enjoy the construct you call love and wait that is such a cool card it's aliens on it it's so freaking funny 
And then she sent a story. It's called The Return of Nellie Butler, America's First Great Ghost. So now I'm like, Ooh. we actually got quite a few things that I'm like, we need to research these things from people. Wait, that's That's fun. one of them for sure. We always want more topics. Always. Right. Then we got this cute little card that actually has a ghost <gasps> stitched into it. That's hand stitched what? into the card with twine. Oh. And it is from Annie. She's from the Facebook group. She said, Facebook group, greetings from the other side. So a little shout out to the Facebook group from Annie on here, too. Wait, she made that card? Yeah, it says, I'd haunt y'all forever. That is the cutest thing ever. This is a sweet little smiling ghost. Wait, you should frame that. That's a cool, that's just like a cool artwork. I honestly need to frame everything. I was looking into like the clear sleeve, what are they called? Scrapbooks. Because I was like, I need to keep all these things together. They're so wonderful. Yeah. So we can show our kids one day. Like, yeah. You know, Corinne and I did this thing back in the day. <laughs> we believe in ghosts. <laughs> Still do, Grandma. Okay. Then we've got this one from Georgine. She wrote this wonderful ass card. <laughs> Why am I swearing? It's because she swears. I'm, I'm channeling <laughs> Georgine. But she just wrote a wonderful card about just like, listening to our episodes and how she feels like she's listening to best friends and how we've oh. gotten her through so many boring and difficult times. And then she made Don't this you. card. It says, wow, I only have eyes for you. And it's a little alien with, <gasps> with eyes on Wait, this hands. is so cool. So cool. Whoa. Everything is so cool. Wait, you totally spurred a movement on our Facebook page when you said like how creative people really like ghost stories. And then there was this whole thread of people posting what they do creative, like creatively and what their outlets are. And I was just going through it in awe of all of our listeners oh okay i need to check that out they're so talented that's amazing i love like it's so cool makers moments you know when it's like well what do you do because everyone makes stuff whether it be with your hands or with your brain with your head everyone can get into that creative space and i want to see what people's passions and purposes are we'll do a passion and purposes post we use passion and purpose at work, so now I'm, like, blending my two worlds. That does feel like it's a very official thing. <laughs> what is your hashtag passion and purpose? <laughs> um, Colleen sent us the cutest little card. It's a little ghost in her Gosh, little hat. that's so cute. There are, like, little hearts around. And she just sent us, she wrote a wonderful note, too. And this card is actually designed by her sister, Katie. So, creativity up in this family. Okay, again... You guys are awesome. And I'll do I'll do the Instagram handle for Katie, Sister Katie. It's Floral Fia, so it's floral like flowers. And then F E A. Floral Fia. We are not even close to done. Oh my gosh. We have this Valentine's Day card, so beautiful, such a classic. So and this pretty. is from Danielle. And then we have a story about a lady in white and love these awesome stickers. Do you see? They're like tarot Whoa, cards. Oh, are those like tarot cards? And they're from Elizabeth. So cool. So cool. That's so cool. Look at this card. Speaking of getting crafty. <gasps> are you kidding oh, me? Oh my. We should post these on our Instagram. We really should. This is, it's just a beautiful, it's like our profiles and then there's the cat. Oh, that's really cool. We should definitely make a scrapbook. This is so cool. So cool. And this says, greetings from the other side, Facebook group, TGOG, card exchanges, we snail mail, ghost stories and cards. Love, So cute. So now we need to get in on this card exchange. 
Yeah. The people got going on. All right. And then we have another uh, lady in white story that was sent to us by Kine. And also these cool ass pins. One of them flipped upside down, so I can't show you, but I'll show you one of them. <gasps> oh my God. It's so I cute. Know. I know. Oh my gosh. I just like f- want a ghost get up. Like I'm just going to wear an outfit that is just full of ghostly things. I mean, we can. I'll wear my people skeleton clips to be able to do that. Yeah. And then we each it. got an individual card here <gasps> from Ooh. from Shelly. And um, your card is inspired by writing and being a writer. And she put some tarot oh. cards in. She put some stickers um, and a note. So amazing. You have your own Send personal one from Shelly. I have one, too. Thank you. Corinne, I'm really going to make you take pictures of every single one of these and I'll post them. We'll do like a okay post, a swipey post. Oh, gosh. Well, I mixed, I just mixed everything up, so I might screw up what's from who. (laughs) Fact. That's okay. Okay. And then Dan, who sent me the Bigfoot blanket, sent us (laughs) a huge box of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, Dan. A beautiful note. And he was talking about how, like, he had gone through a rough patch and kind of, it it changed his perspective on, um, you know, like necessities and ha- the importance of food and being in a spot where you can just easily feed yourself. Aww. And so now he works with programs now and donates to programs like the North Tarrant Food Bank. Uh, and he also donates to the Girl Scouts. So he said that instead of, you know, just donating, he decided that he'd donate on beha- or for us and let us reap the benefits of his donation by sending us all the cookies. <gasps> Yeah. What? It's so nice. It's Dan. It's just so nice. My roommate, I had the letter out and all the cookies and she read it and she was like, oh, and she like held her heart and she was like, this is from one of your listeners. And then I brought some of the cookies into work and everyone, (laughs) everyone was like, who's this from? And I was like, Dan, a listener, Dan. And then everyone would be like, ask the next person, wait, who are these from? Listener Dan. Oh, the listener Dan. Listener Dan. Bigfoot Dan. So now everyone in my office knows who Dan oh, is. I love it. Love it. As if they didn't already because of Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot oh, yeah. I showed them all pictures of that guy. <laughs> so uh, isn't that wonderful? That's I amazing. I went to the PO box. I feel I so like, loved. Oh, I'll just check. I don't think. I mean, there can't be anything there. And we just had a plethora of notes and cards. And Ugh. oh, my gosh. So wonderful. There's nothing better than getting we mail. We love snail mail. Thanks, Nothing. guys. We really appreciate Love it. it. It's just, it brings so much joy. And then I get, I feel like I'm even more joyous than Sabrina. I'm sorry. I feel like you get a little cheated on this because I open them all and I get to enjoy them for like a week until I tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun to be told. It is fun. Like, yes, I don't get to open mm-hmm. the physical box and see it, but seeing your joy and then being told by you is joyous for me. Okay, good. We have a good system. (laughs) We do. And you know what else is joyous is doing and reading ghost stories that you guys send to us. So should we jump in? Let's hop on in. Okay. I don't know who's first this week, but... do it. Okay. Okay, I guess. You can do it. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is from Savannah, and it's called Spoopy Bookstore Shenanigans. That's in the subject line. I didn't just do that. She says, hello, ladies. First of all, here's the obligatory longtime listener, first time caller introduction. I found your podcast thanks to my younger sister about a year ago and was immediately hooked, though I have to admit I'm a big fat chicken and have to set the podcast down from time to time because I get the shivers. I wanted to write in for a long time now. A little backstory. I'm a pastor's kid 
and my whole family has had some pretty wild stories regarding the paranormal and spiritual. My dad has even performed some exorcisms. What? He hasn't been too forthcoming on the details of those encounters because I think it really unnerves him. But maybe I'll pry the details out of him one of these days and send you another email. Pry, Savannah, pry. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is my ghost story from working in a bookstore. So I've worked at a major bookstore chain for the last five years. And when I first got hired, a few of my coworkers would mention this thing they called the Banshee. When I asked what they were talking about, they mentioned that there was this weird noise that would come from the women's bathroom during closing shifts. What? And I've heard it. And it's not a weird noise. It sounds like screaming. Mm. For a while, I brushed it off as shrieking pipes or something. I tried not to think about it, but there is definitely a weird vibe that you get from the women's restroom, especially at night. The last stall, for example, is always dark. And it seems like no matter how often we change the lights in the bathroom, the last stall remains dark. It's also been a place where we've found drug paraphernalia, cans of excessive alcohol, there's been theft, etc. So pretty minor stuff, but some bad energy for sure. I didn't think much of this, but there were a few instances during closing shifts where I would hear voices, see shadows, and where books would fall off shelves right after I had just put them on the shelf securely. I'd even heard someone say my name one night, only to find out that I was the only one on that floor. So I've had my fair share of mild encounters, but there was a brief period of time when my sister was working at the bookstore with me. We shared a car at the time, and on this particular night, she was closing in the kids' department, and I was in charge of picking her up around 11.30 at night. As soon as she got in the car, she was panicked, talking really fast and saying she didn't want to work at the store anymore. I told her to calm down and tell me what happened. Maybe the manager had scolded her, or she had to clean up some puke or something. But she turned to me and asked if the store was haunted. What? I laughed and said, well, yeah, duh. But she had tears streaming down her face. Perhaps she'd heard the banshee scream while she was taking a poo. Been there, done that. (laughs) Let me tell (laughs) you. (laughs) Let me tell you. Nothing like literally getting the crap scared out of you. (laughs) Oh, my my gosh. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Uh, well she goes on to tell me that she was in the kids department cleaning up putting books away and she noticed that there was a certain book that kept falling off the shelf whenever she would turn her back so she stopped she picked up the book and placed it back on the shelf turned and thump when she turned around again the same book was on the ground this time when she put it back on the shelf she decided to watch it almost daring it to fall again but this time the book didn't fall It shot straight off the shelf and slammed into the bookcase directly across from it like it was angry. Not gonna lie, I started crying too when she told me. (laughs) I'd never encountered anything that aggressive in the store before, and when she asked me how the store could be so haunted, I reminded her that we sold Ouija boards and that teenagers often broke them open to play with them in the store. Oh my gosh, no. But recently, I've developed a new theory. There's this old man that comes into the store quite a lot. He's always seemed a little lost to me, repeating the same long stories to me and my coworkers over and over again. But his most common story is about his daughter who allegedly used to manage the store when it first opened. I guess she died when she was quite young. And though I don't remember the details of his story too well, I do know that he felt the company was responsible in some regard or another. 
So now I wonder if it might be her spirit haunting this door after all this time, restless because she feels left behind in a fast-paced retail world that doesn't remember her. I've asked my managers if they know anything about the woman, but none of them have been around long enough to know who she was. Luckily, it seems like the Banshee has moved on. I myself haven't experienced anything weird for the last two years, and I'd like to hope that she found her peace and moved on. Anyway, that's my bookstore story. Maybe I'll get around to emailing you some more of my family's spooky stories, like our farting ghost, Michael. Yes, (laughs) you read that right. Love the podcast and how much laughter are you bringing to my early morning shifts. Love and blessings, Savannah. P.S. Please blame any typos on my fat, needy cat. L.O.L. I need to know more about farting Michael. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, is it at home? Yeah, I need to Is it I a sibling that just is like, there must be a ghost. It wasn't me. Oh, my God. That's very funny as well. I, I got to know the backstory to that one. But if it is a sibling, what a the fact that they've gotten away with it for that long is amazing. Yeah, seriously. That's some that's some serious talent there. <laughs> the Screaming Banshee. Okay. Besides the sheer horror of imagining myself sitting on the toilet and then two feet away, something shrieking out of the pits of hell. I It can't. It's not. If it only happens at night, like it's not the pipes because pipes would go randomly. It wouldn't be like a scheduled. Unless they're like turning the hot water off or something happens. Uh-huh. Like if it, I don't know. Sometimes like companies try to save money and they do that True. type of thing. You're so practical, Sabrina. You always bring me back down. <laughs> Some, you know, sometimes I try to be a voice of reason. Sometimes, but, yeah, I appreciate it. But I don't know. I mean, I'm also into the paranormal and the fantastical, so it's very possible it's moaning Myrtle. It it's curious too. The guy that keeps coming in. At first, I yeah. think like, oh, he's kind of being creepy. But if his daughter had worked there, maybe part of him also thinks or knows something about perhaps her spirit haunting that right store yeah maybe he keeps going because he feels like he's closer to her when he's there exactly or he's waiting for someone to tell him like yes i've seen her yes i've heard her right i wonder what happened to her i know sad oh i just got cold i need to put my sweatshirt on it's the ghost the ghost the temperature got cold (laughs) oh that jacket looks fuzzy it's the best all right what do you have i have I have an email from our listener, Haley. She says, hey, ghouls, my name is Haley, and my husband got me hooked on your podcast last year. I've always loved paranormal things, even at a young age, but didn't really have any odd experiences of my own, though I do consider myself an empath. My husband and I recently started talking about babies and names and such when I was told that his family is apparently cursed. What? Great. (laughs) Apparently, for the past couple generations back, if you name a child after a relative who is still alive, they die within a week of finding out. What? This happened with my husband's mom, naming him and his sister after close family relatives and both relatives dying within days of finding out. Oh my God. Fast forward a few years and his mom decided to name her next child after the child's father, making him a junior, thinking maybe that'd trick the curse. But she was mistaken. The same day they decided to make him a junior, her husband got into an almost fatal work accident. I would love to say these things are all just random, but his mother did have a family member who warned of naming children after someone still alive. This happened for a few generations now in his family, and I am sure as hell not naming our future children after living relatives. Stay spooky. Haley. 
Whoa. What an interesting curse. And it's so funny because it's like, well, it's not funny at all, but no, it just reminds <laughs> me of how frustrated you used to get when we would talk about stories and it'd be like, here's the 17th John in this story. Cause it's John and John, <laughs> and John the third and John the fourth and John the fifth. But like this would never happen in our family. It can't. Right. It's so curious. Like I'm trying to, okay. If someone put a curse on their family, like, let's just play this out. And was like, okay, I'm going to curse any, if you name anyone after a living relative that they're going to die. But like, what is the, what would the reasoning behind that be? Like there can only be one of you. Yeah. I don't know. It, it sounds like it's confusing. It is confusing, but if it's a few generations, it, it makes, I mean, maybe they don't know the reason, you know, it could have been like a great, great grandmother got into a tiff with someone that put a hex on her and her family and just something petty that was like, well, right. I'm going to affect their lives for years and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's grandchildren. Right. It's like, if you name anyone after yourself, then you're going to die type of thing. I don't know. It's a weird, I can't, I can't understand the psychology of said curse. It's breaking my brain, but easy solution. Don't name your children after living relatives. Yeah. It's an easy easy curse to get around. Especially yeah. if you're aware and everyone is continuing to talk about it and has quite a few examples. Yeah. Yeah. So creepy. Wow. That's one curse you can't really run from. No. Okay. This is from Alyssa and she says, I was a creepy ass kid. <laughs> I love the beginning already. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to own it. Hey ladies, I swear I'm emailing y'all every week. I keep remembering stories. This one, however, comes from my dad who loves the podcast as well. My sister and I were creepy ass kids, talking to people, seeing things, and so much more. I don't remember these things, but they swear it happened. And this first one is a story my dad told me. When I was like four or five, I had slipped into my parents' bed at night to sleep with them. I think it was around one or two, and my dad woke up because he felt me move onto the bed. He rolled over, and I was sitting on the edge of the bed near the TV. It was dark, but there was some light from the bathroom where he could see, and I had my back towards him, but it looked like I was doing something. So my dad said, Alyssa, are you okay? I didn't respond. My dad said, Alyssa. And I turned around and gave him a creepy ass fucking smile and turned back around. He said it looked like I was picking petals off of a flower that wasn't there. He kept calling my name. I know. He kept calling my name and I kept smiling a creepy smile back. But then finally, I went back to sleep. My sister's creepy story is a little more lighthearted. Same scenario. She slept in my parents' bed when she was like three or four and my dad woke up to my sister talking to someone. He figured she was playing. So he said, Sydney, who are you talking to? And she pointed to the bathroom doorway and said, the man right there. And my dad said, well, you better tell him to get the fuck out of my house because he was not having any ghosty shit in his house. Later, she described what he looked like. And to a T, what she described was my dad's dad, our grandfather, who we had never met. He had died way before my dad met my mom, and we had never even seen a picture of him until years later after this incident. Nevertheless, we were all utterly freaked out. I hope you enjoyed these stories. I will have plenty more. Love you guys so much, Alyssa. Ooh, wow. I love that her dad just like didn't freak out though when her sister was like, the man over there. And he was just like, well, tell the man to leave. Well, yeah, tell him tell him to get out of here. He's not allowed in my house. I just, I mean, 
you know, there's the possibility that she was just sleepwalking when she was picking petals. But just <laughs> to put yourself in her dad's shoes for a minute. The smile. Just how creepy is that? To have a, Very. a young child who's seemingly out of it, just like either deadpan and just not listening to you at all and just <laughs> seemingly under a trance or the latter, which I think, in my opinion, is worse. Just turning her little girl head and just being like, geez, that's so creepy. That is one of the most, I feel like, iconic moments from a horror movie is mm-hmm. waking up and someone or like a shape of someone sitting on the edge of your bed and then you like call to them and then they turn slowly and smiling. Yeah, people need to take this into consideration when choosing to have children. This is a possibility. <laughs> this could happen to you. Your children will say weird things to you and creep you out. Yeah, they will. It's inevitable. I did it to my mom. You did it to yours. We all just continue. We all just do it. And like, I don't know, I get so worked up about things even now where Nick will make, we'll, you know, we'll close our door and go to sleep and my, and Nick will go, did you hear that? And even if he's joking, I will, I won't be able to sleep. I will spend 20 minutes like looking and thinking of ways to attack someone who's outside beyond the door. And then I just don't fall asleep. And I'm like, do I jump out the window? What do I do? And if a child was like, there's someone in the closet, I'd freak out. Yeah, absolutely. That happened to me the other day at like 2 a.m. I woke up because I heard like some rustling outside of my room. And then like, I just stayed awake. And then 10 minutes later, a huge crash happened. <gasps> and then I didn't get up because I was like, okay, it's got to be Jill, my roommate. <laughs> but we had been talking about sleepwalking. And it freaks me out to think that I might come across her sleepwalking. Does she sleepwalk? No, she was awake. Oh. She just knocked a bunch of stuff down oh. <laughs> as she was floating through our oh. space from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I texted her and I was like, was that you? And she didn't look at her phone. So that's when I was like, she must be sleepwalking. I'm too scared to go out. And I didn't sleep for like an hour. I mean, your roommate sleepwalking is much better than a stranger intruding. True. I just feel like she, if it were her sleepwalking, it'd be less of sleepwalking and more of a possession. (laughs) (laughs) Concerned for you and Jill. (laughs) I'm concerned for Jill. (laughs) I'm afraid she's going to be possessed. Top fear. Oh, gosh. That's what I used to fear about you. (laughs) I was like, I think there's a chance that Corinne could get possessed. I feel that about you, too, Sabrina. (laughs) I think this is what a a therapist would say is irrational anxieties. (laughs) Just constantly fearing that people around you are going to be subject to demonic possessions. Yep. Yep. It could happen. Well, I mean, if it's going to happen to anyone, it's probably going to happen to two girls who talk about ghosts and dark (laughs) things all the time. That's true. So it's not that irrational. Okay, I have a story from Tabitha. It says two spooky stories out of many. Hello, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Tabitha. I just want to say I love, love, love your podcast. It's super spooky, but lighthearted and funny, too. Thank you. So here are a few of my spooky stories. Still creeps me out to this day. I still experience things, but not as frequently. Story number one. Growing up in my family home, I used to frequently wake up at night from my sleep to to my name being called. It would be a quiet whisper right near my head just saying, Tabitha. (gasps) Quiet enough to make you stir. 
then again a little louder as I came to more. Finally, much louder, but still in a quiet voice. Tabitha! I'd shoot up quickly, looking around, but never would see anything. I would just think it was a dream or something, but it sounded so close to my ear, and it happened so frequently that I started to second-guess this. Has anyone else ever experienced this before? This is just one of the many things I've felt and heard in my family. The fact that it happened so often. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. That used to happen to me, but like in like a two-year span. Yeah. Can you imagine every night someone whispering your name in your ear? ear? No. No. And like, what's the purpose? If you're not going to present yourself, like, do you just want me to be awake? freak you out? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. My second one is in my own house. My daughter was a little over one year old and she had this alphabet toy that used to say goodbye after a certain amount of time not being used. This particular weekend, my sister came up and everything was fine. The toys didn't move from the spot we'd put them on Sunday night when she left. Well, about three days later, I'm getting my daughter ready to go to daycare. And I had a little Bichon. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. Bichon Frises. They're so cute. And would always give her treats and tell her goodbye. And I love her. She's passed away now. Oh, This particular morning, I got my daughter ready. And while she was waiting at the front door, I got my dog a treat and put it down, patted her. I said, goodbye, I love you. Well, the next thing I know, as I turn to face my daughter, this toy that has clearly not been played with just went off, but not from the beginning of the alphabet. It simply just said, goodbye, in a playful woman's voice that goes off when the toy is being played with. Needless to say, I tried to act as natural as I could, saying, okay, bye, Maddie, (laughs) my dog, before I booked it out of the house with my daughter. It still creeps me out to this day. There were other things that happened in this house as well, but this one was the one that stuck with me most. Well, that's all I have to share for now. Hope you enjoyed these experiences. P.S. I should really sage or bless my new house. I've literally had nothing done to it since we had it built in 2017, but I'm thinking it might be a good idea. It might be time. Keep up the awesome work, ladies, and see you on the other side. Much love, Tabitha, one of your Canadian friends. Hey. XOXO. Yeah, it never hurts to just do a quick cleansing, especially if you're having some strange things happening in your house. Yeah. They're, I mean, somewhat benign if you think about it. Totally. Annoying as heck and really startling to hear your name at night being called right beside your bed. I wouldn't want to open my eyes. That's That one's terrifying. Now that I talk about it, that doesn't seem so benign. It's really scary. Yeah. But like nothing's physically hurting you. Right. But I, I wish that we could talk to Maddie, the dog, and be like, what? who else is here right like i bet she knows a lot she sees a lot yeah she knows everything dogs know everything they They do i wonder too if her daughter has experienced anything or said anything or just acted odd because she's she's a young child like the kids are the ones that are going to be seeing things right they usually do over your shoulder smiling at someone that's not there we were just saying kids are creepy Kids are creepy. Maybe she does, but I don't know. She would probably say something. Tell us, Tabitha, if your daughter sees anything. Okay. This story is from Nicole, and it's called Aussie Encounters. Australia. Aussie. Aussie. I'm not good at Australian accents. Nick is so good at them. Australian accents? Vanilla Lotte? Them either. That's all I know. (laughs) Um, okay. Hi from the land down under. I'm not sure if you guys still read the encounter emails or even want them. Yes, we do. But Hey, I'm new to the podcast and wanted to weigh in on a couple of things I've experienced. 
As you can tell from my subject line, I am from Australia and can safely say that the US and UK aren't the only haunted places in the world. You guys should definitely do a field trip down under. I would love that. Mm. Oh, yes. I would too. We should we should do that. Anyway, I am of Aboriginal descent and I have found that most of the indigenous people I've known are more spiritually connected than most. From a young age, I have been able to see and feel the presence of others. I can vividly remember once when I was between the ages of seven and 10 and I was staying with my aunts in this oldish house that was only about 500 meters from my parents. I went to bed in my aunt's room as normal when all of a sudden I felt the weight shift on the bed like someone had sat down next to me. I just thought that it was my aunt checking in on me or coming to bed herself, but the next thing freaked me out even more. I woke up again to something sitting on my chest. And when I opened my eyes, I saw this black figure over top of me, staring at me with big, bright eyes. No. I tried to scream and move, but nope, nothing. I shut my eyes as tight as I could. And then when I woke up the next morning, I told my aunties and my mom, and they all looked at me frightened. The aunt I shared the room with started telling me that she had seen that same figure twice before, and that she had told it to stay away from me when she knew I was going to stay over. Safe to say we smoked the whole house and ourselves. We used sage and it didn't seem to work, but we used sandalwood, which is common to get rid of unwanted spirits in the indigenous community where we are from. I have one more story. About four weeks ago, I recently moved into a new house with some people that posted an ad for a roommate. It was a couple in their mid forties and it was cheap as chips. Oh, I like that. Cheap as chips. $180 a week with all utilities included. So of course I went and had a look at it. The lady was nice and the house felt like it had a good vibe. So I decided what the hell and I moved in after only being in there for maybe two nights. I had this horribly vivid dream where I was in my room and someone was knocking on my door for a little bit of background. My door was one of those oldish wooden sliding doors. When I half woke up and asked who it was and to come in, I didn't see my housemate who I was expecting or anyone I knew. What I saw was this long black hand with talon-like nails reach around my door. I shot up and out of bed and opened the door to see my housemate standing there, just looking at me dumbfounded. And then all of a sudden, I see this shadow figure of a little child run across the hallway. I woke up in a full-blown sweat, and it was like someone had thrown a bucket of water on me. I was so shaken by that dream, I ended up moving out of that place and back in with my mom. I felt physically ill at the thought of going back to that house after that dream. That's all that has happened to me so far. Love the podcast, and you girls are amazing. Side note, I was listening to you the other day when I was in the bath, and when the opening tune played, my mom came running into the bathroom and freaking out because she thought I was in trouble or something. It was pretty funny. Anyway, that's enough out of me. See you ghoul friends on the other side. Much love, Nicole. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I can't imagine the fear of seeing that thing in the claws. I know. And the fact that it was for the fact that it was as scary enough for her to never want to go back into that house. Yeah. Like there's a difference between just like a normal nightmare and a nightmare that's so visceral and like terrifying because the other thing is like the energy behind certain things like when you are we all experience it like when you're walking down the street sometimes you walk past someone and 
you get really bad mm-hmm. vibes and other times you're totally fine and you don't they don't even leave an impression on you you're not thinking about anything right so i feel like it could be the same or it is the same with like dreams and, and presences and any sort of interaction with paranormal activity right. whereas like you can tell what's just a nightmare and what's more than that right and like something might just be standing there in the corner but you'll you'll make a judgment as to whether that's like oh that's creepy mm-hmm. I guess there's just a ghost over there. Or if it's like, holy shit, I am never giving this thing another chance to ever encounter me again. Yeah. It just sounds like she almost in her life has experienced more really terrifying, darker entities, like the Mm -hmm. one in her aunt's house. And then again, in her apartment. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Which makes me wonder if that's why the rent was so cheap. Maybe. I hope that she cleanses the space in all of her future homes so that. This stuff doesn't happen as frequently. Sandalwood. It's, Have it's you ever those, like, used sandalwood? What? Have you ever used sandalwood? No, I've used Palo Santo. Oh. I've used like sandalwood scented incense, but I've never right. actually used sandalwood. It's a good idea though, if, if sage doesn't work. Yeah, it is a good idea. There's so many different ways to cleanse your space. Yeah. It's weird though. I just, I feel like the more we talk about paranormal activity, I've been thinking about this recently, that it's like, we talk about it and we enjoy telling the stories and we're all like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. But at the same time, we always wish that it doesn't, like the people who haven't seen anything often are like, I want to see something. But for Mm -hmm. people who have experienced something, you're like, well, yeah, I enjoy hearing the stories and I want to hear what other people experienced. But at the same time, I know how scary some of those things can be. So I don't ever wish an encounter on anyone. On anyone. Yeah. It's something you'll never forget. Yep. But then I also like wish it upon someone just so that we can get their stories. <laughs> yeah. I wish it upon the people who are so vehemently against paranormal activity and just say like, yes, that's not true. You're just making things up. That's when I wish that something so there's a difference between people that are like, you know, what? I don't think I believe, but like I enjoy hearing the stories and I'll right. listen to your story. And then the people that are like, you're crazy. You're making these things up. I don't like who you are anymore. And I'm just like, right. all right. It's like, well, I'm going to send my ghost after you. Yep. Put you on the list. (laughs) Okay. This is from S. It is called My Toddler and Her Gaggle of Ghosts. Ooh. A lot of creepy kids in this one. Yeah. Ladies, my daughter is two and a half. And ever since she could talk, she's talked to this little friend. Her friends bother the hell out of her. She frequently (laughs) says things like, don't touch me and don't touch my toy. And will continue saying things along those lines like, don't touch me. Like she's being pestered. Sometimes I even chime in and say, leave her alone. She's asking you to get out of her space. You do not have permission to touch her. And my yeah. daughter will seem pleased with that. Usually. <laughs> she also said that the friend slash ghost is a girl and that she is blue. Oh. And that is all she will say about her. She also has a moonlight in her bedroom. A nightlight moon replica that can change colors slash be kept a certain color. It can be plugged into the wall or run on battery like a cell phone. If you don't have the moon lamp plugged in, it glows green until the battery dies. I often unplug it and leave it on green. It's one of the least bright colors and then it dies. My daughter is not a good sleeper. She never has been. However, more than once she's woken up crying in the night and I will go into her room and the moon lamp is changing colors like a rainbow disco ball and not plugged in. And I know at least twice it has been dead prior. Twice now, I've woken up her dad to come into the room to see the moon lamp, and it goes dark before he can even come into the room. I leave it (gasps) plugged in and on the blue light setting. Last story. 
We were out having pizza at this old home converted into a pizza parlor. My daughter was being 50 shades of hyper, and I apologized to the waiter. The restaurant was empty, so I was letting her venture around a little. And she was very clearly amped, stopping her feet on the old wood and racing to the window and back and laughing like a crazy toddler. The waiter then says, do you like spooky things? Why, yes, I do, kind sir. Tell me all of your stories. <laughs> Apparently, there's a small girl ghost that haunts the pizzeria and the old man they believe to be her caregiver who sits at the table in the back corner of the shop. Oh, The waiter was 100% convinced my daughter was playing with the little ghost girl and happy that they were entertaining each other. Oh, my gosh. I've reached out to a local group of witchy women to get some guidance as to how to protect my daughter and help guide her without discrediting her experience or feeding into something it may not be. Wish us luck. S. Oh my gosh. I love that the waiter felt comfortable saying that. I know. I know. I love that too. That's like, that's our dream. To have haunted children? To, no, for people to just offer up ghost stories without us begging. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So cool. So cool. Her daughter definitely has insight to the other side. Oh, definitely. Well, she's two and a half. I feel like a lot of kids do, but it's interesting yeah. because, yeah. I wonder if she'll if she'll still remain a bit headstrong in terms of her experiences and mm-hmm. and interactions or if they'll eventually get to a point where she's almost like weaned off of them. I feel like that's the one thing that didn't never happen to me. I just never stopped. Maybe I stopped saying as frequently. Right. Right. Like there was never a hard line of like no, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's gone, yeah. It's interesting and I'm glad that a lot of these or all of her stories kind of seem to be centered around ghost children playing with her daughter because it seems more positive. Yes, it's like it's almost like she has a sibling who's a ghost and like the sister siblings getting on her nerves. Like, that's my toy. Don't touch me. Like, go away. Stop touching me. That's That's totally what I used to say to my siblings. It's like when you're. Yeah. Which feels like they probably spend a lot of time together. Right. Wow. I didn't think about that before. That's creepy. Well, I hope that it sounds like it's a good, it's a good ghost. It's just, it's just, they're just annoying each other like siblings. Okay. This is from Macy and it's called Flaming Baby. Hello, ladies. I have no idea how I came upon your podcast. Maybe the pyramid scheme is working. But I've been obsessed since the very first listen. I've been burning the candle at both ends, listening to new episodes as they're released and binging on the old ones at my haunted workplace. So let's get to it. I was born and raised in sunny SoCal, where I still reside. I have tons of stories as I grew up from age 9 to 17 in an incredibly active home. In my family, just about everyone has had some sort of experience with the paranormal. Being Mexican, there are plenty of stories you grow up hearing, and on top of all of those... I have an aunt who has an alien friend who would drain us of our energy when he would come visit her. Are you kidding a- me? <laughs> a great Tell grandpa. Me more. A great grandpa who plays cards with the devil. A grandpa's mistress who is known for being a lechuza. My earliest experience was when I was around three years old. My mom and I were living with my aunt, uncle, and cousin. And it was late at night. I would wake up to being dragged by my ankles from the bedroom my mom and I shared to the doorway of the bathroom down the hall. Oh my God. I couldn't see what I was being dragged by. Like whoever was dragging me was literally invisible. I'm sure the first time it happened, I was probably startled, but it became an almost nightly thing. And I just let my... Fuck no. Don't stay there. (laughs) And I just let it happen. 
My mom asked me when I mentioned it as a teen why I'd ever said anything, and I told her that my three-year-old brain thought it was normal to be dragged from your bed and that everyone in the house must have gotten a turn. So whenever I would wake up mid-drag, I would just think, well, it must be my turn again. This is the most innocent thing I've ever heard. I know. Needless to say, I was never accused of being a genius. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and I moved a few more times after that, but it was when we moved into a duplex when I was nine that I had most of my experiences. I now had a little brother and was excited to finally have my own room. I didn't even care that it didn't have any windows. This place was super active, so I'll only share two of my stories now. My room was pretty basic. The strangest part about it was my closet door that was made of metal and had a skeleton key. One night, when I was about 15, I rolled over and saw a woman standing next to my bed in front of said closet. From what I could make out from the light that seeped under my bedroom door, she was a pretty brunette wearing a sleeveless white satin dress with red roses printed on it. She was just watching me sleep, which normally would make my skin crawl, but something about her and the sweet smile on her face made me feel like it was okay for her to be there. So I just rolled back over and fell back to sleep. Fully aware in the morning that I had just seen a ghost, she wasn't the first or the last, but definitely the most pleasant. The scariest experience was when I was 16. I woke up to my alarm blaring for me to get up for school, and as I rolled over to turn the alarm off, I saw movement out of the corner of my eye towards the foot of my bed. When I looked to see what it was, I saw bright flames suddenly light up atop a baby's head. The baby looked like it was less than a year old, and it might have been because of the circumstances, but it looked hideous. He or it was playing on the floor of my room with what looked like letter blocks. He was just sitting there, looking right at me, laughing, with the whole top of his head illuminating my room in red flames. I was frozen with fear and stared at him for what felt like hours as he continued to just laugh and stare. It had to be less than a minute as my alarm was still blaring, but it sounded so far away. I decided to turn my alarm off before my mom walked in to check on me, as I didn't want this child who might be able to walk to attack her. But when I looked down at my alarm, it looked foreign, and it was like I forgot how to turn it off. As I looked down at it, deciding to just pull the battery out, my room went dark, and I was mortified. I stayed in the exact same position. I sat there for what felt like ages, in the darkness, in the deafening quiet. When I finally mustered up the courage to get out of bed and run across the room to turn on the light... I didn't even bother and just ran straight for the door and got the hell out of there. I realized I needed to know if it was still in my room, as I couldn't leave my family with a flaming baby on the loose. Also, I wasn't wearing the cute kind of pajamas you could wear to school. I had to go change. So I opened the door, got on my hands and knees while still in the hallway, looked under my bed as it was the only place for it to be hiding. Also, thank God I didn't know about bed skirts back then. There was no flaming baby to be found. Also, no explanation, no evidence of fire, not even a funny smell. That experience has been with me since then, and I even fear that it might have been some sort of premonition. Now I have a daughter, and she's older now than the child I saw, and also, I must say, she is beautiful. And my husband and I are trying for baby number two now. And even though I'm sure that whatever that was had nothing to do with my future children, I would be lying if I didn't say I have it in the back of my head whenever I see my daughter happily playing on the floor or whenever I so much as light a candle. Did I mention she can reach the stove now? Anyway, I hope you girls enjoyed my story. Let me know if you want more, because I have plenty. We do. Tell us more. Thanks for the great podcast. You girls are the best part of my workday. Lots of love, Macy. I didn't even think about it that way, like premonition, because I was just like flaming baby. It's like, um, 
The Incredibles. I know. I was just thinking that. But yeah, that would be really scary. It just kind of keeps you on edge all the time. Right. And it had like a, the way that it made her feel and the laughter and the ominous manner of it and the way it kind of distorted reality feels more of like a present threat than a premonition. Yeah. What the hell? That is the first time we've ever heard about a flaming baby. Yeah. That's new to me. What what does that mean? That I don't know. What we should ask a professional. Yeah, that's not us. <laughs> In case anyone didn't already know that. We have never been accused of being genius either. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone. Although, like, what the fuck was that? Being dragged by your ankles as a little kid <laughs> and being like, this is normal. No, I would be freaking out, I think, every single time. Yeah, I'd be terrified I mean, to go to sleep. Thank so goodness to, to, to be like, this is just a norm. I'm adjusting. I am yes. agile. And thank goodness nothing terrible happened. It seemed like she woke up every time before anything else happened. But it's like, what? Like, why and what? And how is no one noticing? I know. I'm such a light sleeper now. I used to be a deep sleeper. But now, like, I wake up to everything, especially with Leia, because I'm always concerned that I'm going to roll over and suffocate her and sleep, which I would not do. If anything, she would suffocate me because she's gotten a little chonky. Yeah, like I think I would wake up to my child being dragged out of our room. Yeah, you would think, although maybe it, it was one of those things, you know, we've had stories before and we've discussed it before where the space around you is manipulated. So that's true. The sound or the feelings that you would assume other people around you would experience are just muted. Right, right. Not fair. Not I fair. Manipulate the world around me so that people don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing to try and hide. Okay. I have a listener story from Sopanya. It says, Dreaming of a past life and future child. Wait, we really picked a theme this week. I know. That's weird. Accidentally. Who's having a child? Huh? What? I said, Who's having a kid? Uh, well, that would put me as a famous person because that would be immaculate conception <laughs> here so i'm i'm for it that would make me i'm sure a ton of money <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is you i hope not you didn't get that okay hey girls i've been binging your podcast since mid-february 2020 thanks to my coworker. we love listening to anything paranormal and i'm almost caught up Yay. Let me just say that I've never listened to any podcast before this, and I wasn't sure if I would even like it, but I ended up loving your podcast. <laughs> I listened to your podcast on my way to work, at work, during my way back from work, and at home. So yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to tell you my story about my dream that I had about a past life, how I died, who killed me, and how I know that it was all true. Whoa. <gasps> so when I was eight or nine, around 1995 or 96, I had a repeating dream of me as a little girl, but I wasn't in my own body. I was someone else. In my dream, I was about 10 or 11, and I was swimming in a community pool in a gated community neighborhood. As I was swimming, I felt something grabbing my foot and pulling me into the water, drowning me. Oh my gosh. In my dream, I saw who it was. It was my brother. He killed me. I was so confused when I woke up from that dream. So I just brushed it off, but I continued to have that dream a few more times. And each time I would see other things that I shouldn't remember in my life now. I would see a woman with a short permed hair around her late 30s smiling at me as I ran to the pool. And then I would be pulled down again and drowned again. 
Anyways, my family moved to Massachusetts from California when I was 10 years old and it was 1997. I stopped having that dream, but one day my sister and I were sleeping over at my uncle's house where my grandma was living too. Out of the blue, I asked my grandma what happened to the lady who lived at this certain house in our gated community. She looked at me confused and I said to her, you know that lady who would cut people's hair in her living room? She looked at me shocked. I was confused and scared because she never looked at me like that before. (laughs) She asked me, how did I know her? She moved out a few years before I was born. I looked at her and said, oh, and I told her that she was my mom before and that my brother had killed me because he was lonely. (gasps) She freaked out. I started crying, thinking that I did something wrong. She looked at me and said, yes, that lady lived at that house and she had two kids, a boy and a girl, but she moved out after they both drowned in the pool. They both drowned? (gasps) One after the other, a few weeks apart. She asked me, how did I know about all of this? And I said that I would have dreams of my brother pulling me under the water, killing me because he didn't want to be by himself. She prayed over me that night and I didn't have that dream ever again. The crazy part is that the gated community that they lived in, my family lived there too. No one spoke about what had happened and why the pool was closed and never again opened. But I remember it like it was just yesterday. And that's how I know who I was in my past life. Whoa. My other story is when I was around 12 years old and I would always have this dream about a little girl. She looks to be around age nine or so. She was light skinned. I'm Cambodian and Chinese, by the way. Black hair down to her mid back in loose curls. I wasn't scared, but more of a calming and loving nature type feeling. I had that dream a few more times, but eventually it stopped too. In July of 2006, I had my first and only baby girl. I had my daughter and she is also my best friend. So when she was in the fifth or sixth grade, I was doing her hair for picture day and I decided to give her loose curls. When I was done curling her hair, she turned around for me to look at her and I freaked out and I started to tear up. Oh my God. I didn't tell her why. Oh my gosh, I have chills. I have chills. (laughs) I didn't tell her why I did that because she was still too young and I didn't want to scare her. But she's now 13 and I'm 32 and she knows everything about my experiences and she's also a paranormal fanatic just like her mother. But that's my stories about my dreams. I have so many other paranormal stories, but I'll just leave you with these two for now. See you on the other side. Much love, Sopanya. Whoa. Wow. Um, she She dreamt of her daughter. She dreamt of her daughter. Wow, she has like powerful dreams. Oh my gosh. And I'm so interested with her past life. Like, did her brother drown in the pool first and then her brother's spirit drowned her? That's what I was thinking because she said her brother didn't want to be lonely. Right. And so it it made me think that. Right. That's what that makes me think as well. Yeah. And I was actually catching up on the, it's like something, something studios presents spooked or whatever. But there was a story like that where this child when she was younger was basically like being kept up all night by the spirit of her brother and just basically like he was driving her to eventually like die from like poor health and all of this stuff so that he he wouldn't be lonely on the other side. It's so sad because I just imagine that a young kid isn't meaning doesn't realize what they're doing. No, they just are lonely and scared. They don't see the light. And so they don't know. Yeah. Ugh. They're just like, it's dark here and I need, I need you. I need, I need you. my sister. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. And for that poor mother who lost both of her kids in such a horrible way right after each other. It must have already been so hard for her to even be at the pool that day a few weeks yeah. later with her other child. But it's like, you know, as a parent, you go through the motions and you're like, 
well, this is, I need to create a sense of normalcy for my kid. I have to just deal with the pool. Like it's part of our routine. And so you just suffer through it. And then to have Mm -hmm. that happen. Oh my God. Oh, wow. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. But her daughter, but her daughter, her poor daughter, everyone's going to want to protect their babies and, and their Their loved ones, pets and do what you can to make their lives happy and healthy and easy while we have them here. Okay. This story is from Tal, our good friend Tal. Tal. I was just thinking about Tal the other day. Is that weird? <laughs> no, it's not weird because I think about Tal all the time. I also, Tal's the guy that when we were at Universal, we were just standing there waiting. Do I don't know. We were doing something. And then all of a sudden we see someone starting sprinting towards us. And it and was you tall. Couldn't, you didn't have your glasses on, so you couldn't see. Yeah, but I, I couldn't was like, see. tall! And then we both started running towards him. So tall emailed us saying, tall, back at it again. Back at it again. Hey, my ghostesses, it's me, tall, here to tell you something that hey, happened tall. to me. <laughs> to tell you something that happened to me this weekend. So this weekend, I went away on a little weekend getaway to Greentown, Pennsylvania with my boyfriend, his brother, sister-in-law, and a few friends. We rented out an Airbnb. And when we got there, a bunch of people had the sense of feeling watched or a sense of dread in this place we were staying at, especially in the upstairs floor. When we were all hanging out on the top floor, I decided to grab some drinks for a few people and head downstairs. Keep in mind the stairs were not slippery, but all of a sudden, as I was walking down the stairs, I felt like I was being pushed and I fell down the stairs. My boyfriend and his sister-in-law came to check up on me and I told them I was okay, but I was completely shook. I didn't slip. I didn't miss a step. It literally felt like I was pushed down the stairs. I don't even remember getting a huge bruise on my left thigh since I don't remember breaking my fall on my thigh. But I have a picture and there was a huge bruise. And also he attached the picture at the bottom of the email. That Saturday night, we decided to play hide and seek in the dark. Yes, that's my dream. (laughs) I hear my boyfriend screaming about seeing this shadowy, smoky figure standing near a door at the top floor. The first thing I thought of was the convo you guys were talking about with shadow people. And when we went to talk to his brother, who was sleeping with his fiance in the room upstairs, he even admitted to feeling watched in that room. There was even a time during hide and seek that when my boyfriend was looking for us, that a bathroom door suddenly slammed shut. And when the game was over, no one was even hiding in the bathroom and everyone looked at each other very confused. Ew. Oh, that freaks me out. My boyfriend and his brother definitely have experiences with the supernatural since their own house is haunted, so I know that when they claimed that they felt something in the place we were staying at, that it was legitimate, especially because we all felt like something was off in the house. I tried to do research at the place we were staying at, and even though I was able to find ghost stories in relation to the town, we couldn't find anything about the place we were staying at specifically. Needless to say, it was definitely a scary experience for me, especially knowing that whatever shadow entity that was there was not friendly and probably didn't like me either. Anyhow, I knew I had to tell you ladies immediately. Below is the picture of the mark on my lower thigh as soon as I got up, despite the fact that I didn't land on my thigh. Thank you, ladies, and I will see you on the other side. Tall. I don't know what to make (laughs) of it because like the slamming door, I was just like, oh, maybe there's like a little ghost kid that was in the house and just wanted to play too. But- it pushed him down the stairs. Right, exactly. And the bruising and all of that. It's like, okay, that's not that's not right. Good God, that's so terrifying. It's very, very scary. Whew. I'm glad you're okay, Tall. Yeah. I see. feel like you should leave a review on that Airbnb and say it's haunted. This so that other haunted. people know. Yeah, or go read the Airbnb reviews. I wonder if anyone else has said anything. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I wonder how many Airbnbs actually get ratings and reviews surrounding the hauntings that are the there. Paranormal. I really want to stay at a haunted <laughs> Airbnb for The Bachelorette. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, it's New Orleans. So that's not hard. Yeah, I'll bring my my cross and my crystals. I was looking at Airbnbs and my sister was like sending me these really cool modern ones, which I love. I'm super down. But then there were some that were like very kind of old Victorian-esque style. And I was like, that's cool. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) What are we in for? Tal will have to report back if our Airbnb is also haunted. Yes, we will. Good God. Okay, I have a story for us to end on. This is from Dan, who sent us Ah. the Bigfoot blanket and the Girl Scout cookies. Dan says, stories from Texas. Howdy, Sabrina and Corinne. After two and a half months of binge listening, I've caught up and decided to send these stories. I hope you enjoy them. In 1997, my girlfriend at the time was moving into her grandmother's old house because her parents were going through a divorce. While helping them move in, I learned about the tiny house that was built behind the house, and it was a favorite place for her grandparents to host friends to play cards and dominoes, but I also learned that no one is supposed to visit the house alone because they believed that the house was haunted. Oh. So one night, I decided to go out there by myself and sit down there. At first, I didn't think anything, so I just got up and walked around and found that there was a second floor. So I went up there and I sat down in the middle of the room. As time went by, I started to hear voices and notice spirits coming towards and stopped five feet away. As I focused on the voices, I learned it was my girlfriend's grandparents coming through and they wanted to communicate. After about 20 minutes of this, their spirits left and I came downstairs to find my girlfriend and her sister freaking out that I had gone up there. I explained what happened and I told them things that only their grandparents knew about the house. Jumped to 1999 when I was living in my first apartment. About six months after living there, I learned that I am a channeler for spirits that want to communicate with their loved ones or someone that they could set at ease. I would open WordPad on my computer and told them to type the address that they want it to look like it was coming from and the address to mail it to and then type what they wanted to say, how they wanted to make it sound, not how I would type it. I would mail these letters all over the area I lived in to sort of mask where I had lived. I did this for seven years until my brain slowly changed to where my ability faded away. I can still see spirits as clear as you see each other. Wow. As clear as you see each other when you do the podcast, but I don't actually have the ability to communicate anymore. Also, my ex-girlfriend's grandfather has attached himself to me. He doesn't harm me. He just watches over me. I've attached a photo from my bedroom to my den where you see the black box is where I would typically see him sitting down up against the wall. Thanks for reading my stories and see you on the other side. Also, can you come to Texas and do a live show? Dan. <laughs> wow. The fact that his ex-girlfriend's grandfather is attached to him is very interesting and makes me think that maybe he has a message that he wants to get across, but isn't able to because Dan doesn't have as strong of abilities right now. Yeah. So he's waiting. It's so interesting. And also I'm like dying to hear stories from the people that received those letters that were like, I know. holy shit, how did I get a physical letter from a loved one? A relative, yeah. He's kind of like a superhero. I was know? just thinking a secret superhero, <laughs> mailing the letters all over. Yeah, that's cool. I'm assuming that when he was saying that he like channels it, that he would be at the computer and that the spirit would just like inhabit him for a moment. That's that's how I imagine it as well. Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh my goodness. That's really, really cool. I wish that you... Well, you still can, even if you don't know how to 
or if you've lost the ability to communicate. I'm curious as to how you hone in on that skill and just like really develop it to a point where it becomes like useful, you know? Right. Or or how you can get it back. Because if you can still see them, it seems like there's like the sound is turned off. Right. Oh, my goodness. I don't need my head is like, I can't stop thinking about all of these things. And I'm I wish I had that. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Our listeners have the best stories. And if you have yet to send them to us or if you've sent us some, but you have more stories, please email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear all of the stories. So yeah, please send them our way. And we will see you on the other side. side.